0: Kia ora, and welcome back to Vulnerable Spaces Project. I am your host, Sarah Raya. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode about my trampolining journey. Uh, This week we're going to dive in to a bit of my high school life. Um, Bit of a trigger warning here, some of the topics are a bit deep, (laughs) I guess you could say. But essentially, at high school, I loved high school, for the most part. I had really awesome friends. I can make friends really easily. I've always been very lucky when it comes to that. And I never really considered myself popular, but I definitely always had people around me at lunchtime or morning tea time or before school or after school. So that was always really nice. I had a high school boyfriend. Um, I think most of us have kind of been through that, I guess and you think that they're the love of your life, right? You think that everything's all perfect and you're gonna be together forever and all that very uh, optimistic sort of stuff I guess. However when I reflect back on this relationship I realized that it was my very first abusive relationship. I've been in multiple abusive relationships, however this one was, yeah, my first, I guess, and he was my first true love, or whatever you want to call it, you know, so it definitely kind of was a very eye opening thing to reflect on this relationship because at the time I thought maybe this is how I'm supposed to be loved. But yeah, if we look back at. Kind of when I had to quit trampolining, that was kind of the time that I got into this relationship. So I was going through my back injury. I was, you know, having time off school or having my paralysis episodes. And one of the incidents that I remember, I was at his house for the night, and obviously as teenagers, you still live with your parents. So we were in his room, and my back was having the worst back spasms. And obviously, you're trying to kind of breathe through it. I guess the only thing I can kind of refer it to is, like, relate it to, sorry, is like labour. You know, you're trying to breathe through it. You're making the occasional kind of grunt or moan or <laughs> things like that. And I remember him just having a massive go at me because his parents are going to think that we're having sex. And you know, I need to be quiet and shut my mouth and just get over it. And looking back at that, I'm like, you were supposed to be supportive. You know, your parents knew my injury and what I'd been through. And even if they did think that we were having sex, we could explain it to them in the morning. Um, or if they came and knocked on the door or whatever might might have happened. But it was really, really tough. And when I quit trampolining, I was still in the routine of eating six to seven times a day. So back when I was trampolining... I would wake up at about 5 5:30 go to training but on the way to training I'd have a bit of a meal maybe like an up and go or some toast or something like that and then I would train and then after training I'd have a bit more of a breakfast on my way to school I'd be at school have some more for morning tea have something at lunch have something on the way back to the gym because I was coaching after coaching I'd have a bit more to eat and then training and then after training obviously I'd have dinner before I got home and so once my injury happened my body was still killing to eat at those times and I was trying really hard not to but obviously as a teenager with body image issues that was very very tough and so I, I put on a little bit of weight I've never been a big person I've never been a fat person that's never been my body type, I guess. However, I was definitely bigger than what I had been when I was an athlete, which, given the circumstances, makes sense. However, I remember one time I was at his house as well, and his mum was serving us up dinner. And he told his mum not to put too much on Sarah's plate because she's putting on the pounds. And I remember how badly that cut me. Um you know i i already felt it however the person that i cared about most and admired the most also saw that and i just felt disgusting you know being on a diet from the age of 8 it was very de- detrimental to my mental health and that was the year that my mental health just spiraled down i had a really awesome counselor at high school she really really helped me with a lot of things and I was very lucky that I got along with my counsellor first try. You know, I didn't have to go through a few counsellors to find the right one. Um, she was incredible, and and I really hope that she's doing well. But along with all of these negative things that started to happen in my life, I started going down the track of self-harming, and it was my escape, I guess. You know, I'll go into the bath and mum and dad's place, which is where I was living, and it was just my safe place, and it's still my safe place, but it's my safe place in the way that I can relax in there, whereas it used to be my safe place because no one could get me, no one could come in, no one could be near me, I could just be with my thoughts, which looking back on it, that's really scary, my thoughts weren't nice thoughts, they were very scary thoughts, but yeah, so I I was self-harming, and my boyfriend at the time that I've been talking about, he found out, and the thing that he said to me, which is so, so, excuse my language, fucked up, um, he told me, the deeper I go, the more beautiful I'll be, and me being so in love with this boy, <laughs> stupid me, listened, and I think that's really sad. You know, it's it's something that I still hold really heavy in my heart. Um, I don't feel like a victim when it comes to that sort of thing. I just feel really upset and really hurt for teenage Sarah going through that and not having the self-worth or the self-love to understand that that's not okay. You know, if someone said that to me now, not that I self-harm anymore... But if someone said something like that to me now or to someone that I knew, I would pop off. You know, that's so not okay to say to someone, especially someone who is in such a dark place. And from there, the suicidal thoughts got quite quite deep. Um, started writing letters and things like that. And I know that I've got them somewhere, I still have them, which... I want to read out on one of my podcasts at some point, but I haven't really found them yet, I need to go looking through all my stuff, but, you know, it it was a very dark and scary place for me, and I thought that if this person doesn't love me, no one will, you know, and, and I was just so fixated on, this is the love that I deserve, you know, the whole perks of being a wallflower quote of, you know, you accept the love that you think that you deserve, and that's what I thought that I deserved, you know. I had nothing after I quit trampolining and I felt like nothing in this relationship. So that was my identity. I was nothing. And obviously to the people around me, my family and friends, that wasn't the case at all, but in my mind that's that's the only place that I was. And I he ended up cheating on me. <laughs> um so that was fun. He did the whole she kissed me, I didn't kiss her. Okay, mate. <laughs> um, but we ended up breaking up. And he broke up with me two, uh, two days before our anniversary and then got a new girlfriend on our anniversary. So the joys of the first love, right? And I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken and he's all I ever wanted and all that jazz. And I look back on it now and I'm like, thank goodness we broke up, you know. Um, but about two weeks after we broke up, I went to my friend's party and unfortunately at this party I was raped and I drank a lot of alcohol. I had a lot and I'm going to do a podcast dedicated to the events of that night and the trauma that it's caused me and how I've overcome that trauma over the last 11 years and I'm going to go into yeah my healing journey and the things I still deal with now, the repercussions, and the things that I have overcome and become stronger because of. But after that incident at school, it went around that I slept with someone who was two years older. It wasn't that he raped me, it was that I slept with someone. And my new nickname at school was slut. So again, that was lots of fun. Um, and it was just really hard because I didn't want to tell people what had happened. I thought it was my fault. I didn't want him to get into trouble i it's it's really weird because obviously I wasn't a mum back then, but all I was thinking was I don't want to go to the cops because I don't want his mum to find out what her son is, you know, like she's tried to raise this kid and he's gone out and done that and so I kept my mouth shut and I just took that label on I guess and so I started looking at new schools and I found a new school however it didn't take mid-year enrolments and this kind of happened about mid-year so I had to wait until the next year until I could start that school and the next year at high school at the one that I was already at we had the school musical and Acting and performing has always been one of my massive passions and so I stayed at school for one more year. I put up with the name calling and the rumours and I wanted to be in this production. So I stayed one more year and then after that I changed schools and I loved my new school. <laughs> I really wish they had moved earlier. Um, the teachers were incredible. We called them by their first names. It was very casual. Um, the friends that I made were I can't even describe them. they were the most supportive friends, and unfortunately that year, one, I got into a new re- abusive relationship, so yeah i'll I'll jump into that in another podcast as well. but I got very, very sick. I was very chronically ill, and I my attendance wasn't great at school. I was always trying to be there however when you're having one to two hours sleep a night for months on end um, I was nervous about driving into school because the school was in town and you know I don't want to risk other people's lives on the road if I was going to fall asleep at the wheel Um, so a lot of it I just had to play catch up whenever I could go to school but yeah I, I loved that school so much and I, I just wish that I had moved earlier and I wish that I listened to my gut when things weren't right at my previous school. And yeah, I'm very grateful for all of my friends that stuck around and were there for me. And I mean, I'm not too sure if people from my old high school will even listen to this, but I'm sure a lot of them will be shocked to hear what actually happened at that party. You know, I think I've only told three or four people from that school what actually happened and yeah adversity builds resilience and if I could go back to that year where my whole life came crumbling down with trampolining with the rape with the abusive boyfriend and do it all over again I'd do it I would do it because I am the person that I am today because of it and would I enjoy it absolutely not would it be hell 100% but I would go back and I would do it time and time again because of where I am today and the things that I have learnt and the people that I've helped and... Yeah, I I guess, you know, I, I can relate to a lot of people that have gone through similar things and I find a lot of joy in helping people, especially people that are in very, very dark places who can understand that I've been there because my words don't fall on deaf ears you know if if someone hasn't been through it but they're trying to sit there and they're trying to make you feel better it's very hard when you're in that mindset to listen to them and to understand where they're coming from because they haven't experienced what you've experienced and I guess that's one of my big motivations behind starting this podcast is knowing that What I've been through, unfortunately, a lot of women, a lot of men, a lot of children have been through. And it's so wrong. It's so wrong. However, it's just a fact of life at the moment. Hopefully one day it won't be. However, the more people that I can support who have been through that, I'm going to support. So on that note, if any of you feel like you need someone to talk to... My DMs on Instagram are always open. Under Vulnerable Spaces Project. Or you can message me on my main. Sarah Ryer. But yeah. I, I'm here for all of my listeners. And if you think this podcast is going to. Help someone. <coughs> sorry. If you think this podcast is going to help someone. Feel free to share my story. Feel free to send them the link. Because. I'm so willing To let people be heard and just sit there and be a safe place and if they want me to talk I'll talk. If they want me to sit there in silence and just hold them, I'll do that. You know, I'm I'm always happy to meet new people. If people want to go out for a coffee, feel free to message me. But yeah, I I guess that's a bit of my high school journey and a kind of where the trauma started, I guess. But I will talk to you all on Tuesday. See you later.